Welcome to episode 25 of Inbound Agency Journey, kicking off season three together. So excited to have you here. Today we bring you a conversation between Gray and Jeff White from Kula Partners. They're a HubSpot Platinum agency, and it's a really cool conversation. And Jeff dives into three really cool areas. First is their use of interactive content tools like revenue calculators and the results their clients have seen from that investment. Second is how they've built their team in-house versus remote and some of the processes that went in there. And third is sort of the structure he uses, the point structure, to handle external billing and also how we manage manages the team's internal efficiencies and the whole system behind it right there. It is gold. I think you're going to love it. Without further ado, folks, here we go. Welcome to Inbound Agency Journey. This is the show where inbound agency leaders share the strategies, shortcomings, and successes they've experienced in their journey toward building their dream agency. Now, here are your hosts, Andrew and Gray. All right, welcome to Inbound Agency Journey. I'm your host, Gray McKenzie, and I am very excited today to be bringing on Jeff White, who is a partner at Kula Partners from up in Halifax. Jeff, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Gray. Jeff, um, I am very excited to have you on today and to dig into uh, a lot of what you guys are doing at Kula and what you've learned on the journey to becoming platinum. You guys are still HubSpot Platinum, right? We are indeed. Hopefully we don't lose it. (laughs) (laughs) Congrats on that. Uh, For sure, that's definitely a big accomplishment. And reading through uh, some of your story um, that I found online, there's there's plenty of information about what you guys have been doing. which was which was cool to learn about, but I just kind of wanted to hear from you first of all. Just if you could give us the story of where Kula came from and what the journeys looked like over the last ten or eleven years with the agency. Sure. So we started about eleven and a half years ago. Um, not to dive into too much of the kind of uh, germination story, but uh, I got laid off from the agency I was with, and I said, you know, I'm not going to do this anymore. <laughs> I don't want to work for anybody else, and so I started my company that day. Jeff, let, uh, let me stop you there. Actually, I so here's what I heard, and I uh, found your interview with uh, with Kyle from Proposify. Oh, right on. And you mentioned that you got laid off like a week after your first uh, after your first child was born. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, no, it was it was a really fun day. <laughs> I went oh, back my to word. work, and uh, yeah, got taken into the boardroom. And the worst part was, I'd only been there two and a half months, and they had uh, tried to recruit me for nine months before that. So it was a real, real shock. I mean, I was looking for a big, stable kind of company, and you know, first kid on the way, and uh, yeah, it just all kind of fell apart there. But you know, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Wow. All right, yeah. sorry to cut you off. I just wanted oh, to, no to pull that out. That stuck out to me, and I was like, "Wow, what a what a pivot!" <laughs> and ultimately, you know, I think you're right that uh, it's it is so cool to look back and see how this has all worked together for good. But yeah, all right, I'll I'll let you keep going with the story. No trouble. Um, yeah, so started there. Um, I'm a designer by trade, and uh, so started out just kind of being a web and graphic design shop, and it was called Bright White Design back then, and, uh, you know, kind of ran that for a while and grew it to three or four people, and, and you know, things were going along pretty well, and then I met my business partner, my current business partner through Twitter, and uh, he was doing marketing strategy and needed somebody to help build the websites that they were uh, that they were selling, and 
uh, so I started doing that. And after a while, we realized we got along pretty well, and there was somebody making money in the middle, and it wasn't us. So you know, he left his job, and we kind of joined forces and became Kula Partners. And that was about six years ago. Um, we got into the responsive web design thing pretty early on, and that kind of became our you know the the flag we stuck in the sand. And and after a while, we realized you know there. Our marketing offering that we were doing wasn't particularly well structured and, uh, you know, it was kind of ad hoc. Every time somebody would come in looking for marketing, we would kind of drop everything and figure it out. And we realized that wasn't particularly efficient or easy to sell. So a friend recommended that we check out HubSpot about three years ago. And we kind of dove in and, and looked at that, saw some real value in the tools and the the process of inbound. And, uh, you know, after we went to the inbound conference, we... You know, we'd been kind of a partner for six months at that point, but really not um, all in, you know. So we went to the first inbound conference in 2013 for us. It wasn't their first inbound conference. It was ours. And we just realized, you know, this is what we want to do and this is how we need to structure the agency. So we sort of dropped everything and and, uh, pivoted around that. And, uh, you know, here we are about two and a half years later and and ready to kind of go to the next inbound conference as a platinum partner and, and really, really enjoying the journey. Wow. I mean, that's a, that's a long way to come. That was our first inbound conference as well with Glavabox. And, uh, man, what, it's just so cool to see how far we've come in our own business, but how far so many of the folks who were there yeah. um, at that point and just getting into it at that point, just how quickly this whole thing can evolve. Very much so. Yeah. And there's the, the wonderful thing, I think probably the the coolest thing that I, I like about the HubSpot community is just how open the partners are to sharing. Um, you know, like you can call Mike Lieberman at Square Two, you can call John McTeague at Kuno, you know, you, all of these people are very open and willing to kind of share what they've learned and help you avoid some of the same mistakes. And, you know, so we've really tried to kind of do the same thing as we learn. We, we try and share and, and help other partners grow too because, I mean, there's – you know, there's 2,500 of us and there are thousands and tens of thousands of potential people who could use inbound. So I really don't see a whole lot of competition. You're right on. It really is a special community and opportunity that's there. Yeah. Jeff, tell me a little bit about um, just kind of the team structure, what the team looks like. And then if you want to pivot right into um, what you guys, I know that you offer a lot of, um, or have in the past at least, offered a lot of different services to a lot of different industries. So maybe if you want to talk about the service offering and uh, kind of like vertical specialization. Sure. So we are more of a horizontal specialist than a vertical specialist, I guess you could say, um, in that because we came out of being a web design and development shop, we have a lot of expertise in building really complex web properties. So e-commerce, um, custom integrations with HubSpot, custom integrations with you know point-of-sale systems and, and all of that kind of thing. So where we tend to specialize is in inbound opportunities that have a fairly serious web build at the beginning that you know is is generally pretty complex and has lots of moving parts and we can kind of build that up and have it all sort of tied together and wrapped up um, with a a strategic inbound program and uh, kind of tying everything into HubSpot and now the CRM and, and all of those sort of pieces. So, you know, where we play, I think, is in that space where we're not doing any templated sites 
and we tend to kind of design everything bespoke for every client. So that that side of our business is very much sort of what what brings people to us and then the the knowledge that we have around inbound and kind of the things that we can do there are another part of that and and we're actually going to be giving a talk at inbound this year about kind of how we look for different opportunities to use more design and dev type um, offers and things like that within your inbound program to drive uh, results for clients that aren't necessarily kind of that traditional white paper email automation uh, sequence, you know, so that that's kind of where we play. Our our clients tend to be, um, most of them are B two B. They tend to be in a technology kind of space, and we also seem to have this weird little vertical in orthodontics clients. We have orthodontics clients here in Atlantic Canada, in Washington State, in uh, Edmonton, Alberta. Uh, we're talking to some in Vermont and New York. Um, it just seems like we really kind of crack that nut about how to uh, deliver results for orthodontists. So, you know, interesting little vertical there. But, uh, you know, we don't tend to go looking for anything specific, but we, um, you know, we, we tend to shy away a little bit from uh, B2C opportunities, although we do have some great uh, e-com clients that are running on HubSpot in the, in the B2C space too. Wow. When, so I've got probably like five or six different questions that, uh, that, instantly were prompted as follow-up sure. questions there. But um, on the e-commerce side, what are the platforms that you're – do you have one kind of core platform that you typically are building on? Is yes. Like Magento or – yeah. We're we're a Magento um, shop generally. We had been using a number of other systems. We were using Lemon Stand. We've built in Shopify. In fact, we maintain a couple of Shopify sites now. But the thing that we found with Magento is the integration with HubSpot is really really solid. Um, it, it's possible because we're doing a lot of customization and we do a lot of really interesting and different things with. Um, with customized shops, like we have one client uh, that sells uh, wine and beer locally, kind of a craft beer and wine shop here in Halifax. And, uh, you know, so one of the things that we were able to build for them with Magento was this um, charity case selector. So if you're... um, if you are a not-for-profit and you want to do like a wine sale to raise funds, you can go and kind of select all the wines you want and it'll automatically kind of build a, a custom landing page for that client and then they can sell wine, receive a portion of the proceeds and the, uh, the wine store can ship things out as the orders come in. So it kind of building these little custom integrations and stuff like that is, is very much up our street. Wow. Very cool. Well, let's, uh, let's follow that track a little bit. Um, not necessarily on that side, but as far as, uh, the app building out applications as content offers and you kind of, uh, post that you had on the COS or on the, uh, HubSpot designers blog and, mm-hmm. and some of the work that I've seen struck a chord with me because, um, that's something that we've used where, uh, you're building out calculators to use either for lead generation or just as interactive tools on the site. Um, we've kind of done it both ways, but could you just share what your experience has looked like uh, with these non-traditional content offers and what some of the opportunities, kind of like a quick snippet, however much you want to share. Uh, I know you don't want to give away your entire inbound talk uh, (laughs) early, but uh, I don't want to steal the thunder, but would love to hear that from, from your perspective and your experience. 
Yeah, so I think the one of the things that we found, and, and it was honestly one of the orthodontist clients that kind of gave us the idea initially, because the the most uh, the most asked question um, to orthodontists is how much our brace is going to cost. You know, so the first thing we built for them was a little cost calculator. That, you know, you put in how much your insurance is covering and how what your down payment is, and then here's your monthly cost if you do it over twenty four or thirty six whatever months, and that offer. Um, generates 38% of the leads on one of our client sites. And interestingly, 38% of those also then follow that up with a consultation request. So it is, it is the money path for orthodontists. And so we realized, you know, and that's just a simple little calculator. It doesn't really even do much else for you. Um, where we went after that was to begin to build out these, you know, much more complex kind of multi-stage calculator and solution finder type things where, you know, for a telco client, you can go in and, and, you know, I need this many cell phones and this much data and I have this many people working for me and, you know, it'll kind of spit out a recommendation for you and also, you know, send you that by email afterwards and update the sales team, you know, at the telco with what it is you're looking for. Like, you know, so they have very, very solid requirements, you know, and they're very well informed when they pick up the phone to call, you know, to, uh, to make an appointment to try and close that deal. So we found that these kinds of offers and kind of feeding all that data into HubSpot and, you know, perhaps up to Salesforce or directly into the HubSpot CRM, they've just been, you know, extremely well received. People like the self-serve nature of them. And, you know, the additional information you're able to glean about that lead and prospect in a, in a very kind of non-invasive sort of way, because it's, it's a helpful thing, just like, you know, a good white paper is helpful. Um, this is very contextual and, and very, you know, specific to the needs of that person and, and getting, giving them a good sense of what our clients can do for them and also how, you know, that information can then be used by the sales team to help close the deal. Right. I am a huge fan of calculators. And right now I'm looking at the, uh, the doc braces payment <laughs> calendar that you guys are payment calculator that, that you built. And I can link up if it's fine with you, I'll link to that from the show Please. notes for this podcast. Yep. Um, one of the things that struck me, so we have done calculators. We only started, I think the first one that we built was about 18 months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it had no lead generation portion. So the some of the numbers that you threw out about the number of leads that come through that um, are crazy. And we've seen since then on projects that we've done with more of a lead gen, not necessarily required to use the calculator, but as a follow-up now that you know this. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that struck me when we did the first project was just that um, the math, like this is not hard math and it's not hard to figure out what the variables that are involved should be. Exactly. But but people really just want someone to to lay down exactly how the math will work and what those variables are. And so I, I have not really figured out what the psychological trigger for calculators are, but have definitely seen the impact in a big way, um, which I know that you guys have seen as well. And it's just kind of funny to me that, that they are so effective. Yeah. No, and it, it's... I, I don't know if it's kind of like the difference between pumping your own gas and getting someone to put it in there for you. You know, some people just want to do it themselves and they want to see that. And it feels like, a, um, you know, I'm signing up for this. I know I'm giving them my information and they're probably going to contact me. But in the meantime, I can get some real valuable information about that product or service without being bothered by somebody else. And then when they do follow up, 
they can speak intelligently about what it is you're looking for rather than asking you all the same silly questions over again. So, you know, it, it really is the case that that they provide an awful lot of value and, uh, you know, they're... They're they're a lovely little money maker for us too, you know. Um, there there's some dev time and some you know design talent required in order to execute them, and um, you know it's a it's a nice little point of differentiation for us. For sure, yeah. I tell for folks who are looking at it, I usually tell them you're getting the, the biggest upside of this is you're going to get more qualified leads through the calculator because you're getting both aspects of that. You're getting more qualified leads and you're getting more qualified leads. You know, however you want to emphasize that. Yep. Because people have already they've already seen what goes into this, so they've learned more about the process, and they're also intrigued enough to do it. So it's both a quantity and a quality. Absolutely. Uh, benefit. That's awesome. I um. One of the things that I would like to do at some point is put together, I have yet to do this in terms of like website projects. And I'm not sure, we've kind of battled about this internally, is could we at some point put together some kind of calculator to give people, here's generally what your project would cost. Mm -hmm. And the the hard thing is that um, if you're looking at the actual metrics of the business, you don't know exactly what the plan is going to be. So what we've kind of used in the meantime is a revenue Basically, we call it an inbound revenue calculator, and it's just a quick little ROI calculator based on five different metrics of your business, your sales funnel right now, from visits all the way down to customer lifetime value. What could the potential impact of 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 inbound be? You know, if you could increase your conversion rate by this, or if you could increase your traffic by this, what could that wind up looking like? Um, and that's been that's been effective on the front end. I'd kind of like to also duplicate that in terms of what are you getting for a website uh right. pricing wise but mm. so anyways you're inspiring me i'm excited to dig into this more and uh and see where you guys go with that cool uh, oh, that's really interesting that's a great idea so awesome well let's transition a little bit here jeff and let's uh i'd love to hear a success story that you guys have from the client side of things mm-hmm. do you have any details of a client win that you've had that you want to share yeah, and I was I was thinking about this um, when you'd sent along the questions. I mean, we you know we're lucky we have a, a really solid sales funnel, and you know, the, you know we get work the same way that we help clients get customers. You know, it, they come to our site, they sign up, we have a couple of phone calls, and then hopefully we close the business. Most of our work is now remote. Um, most of our clients are not in Atlantic Canada. Um, Whereas before we did inbound, really, we were talking about like a 500-kilometer radius around Halifax was was our market, but it's a very small place. So, you know, generally speaking, there aren't many clients um, of the capacity that can kind of come to understand what we do and, and all of that and, and how it can help them. But we, we recently um, heard from a lead, which was um, about a two-hour drive from here in a small town called Amherst, Nova Scotia. Um, And they are a manufacturer, a printer. They make um, pet food bags and, um, you know, food packaging and and all of this kind of thing. Very, very high-end, high-quality, you know, um, product, but very specific and all designed around export. And really, if you're looking for, you know, in our market, uh, a client who is going to have a good use for our services, you know, it's a complex web build with inbound designed around getting more customers from an export perspective. So they were they were really, uh, you know, kind of in our sweet spot and local too, which was kind of interesting. 
So we've been working with them now for about a month and a half or so. And the first stage with them has been around a, a bit of a rebrand, um, which we don't often do anymore. Um, we used to do a lot of logo and identity work, but um, we still have the capability. And if it kind of comes as part of the overall inbound and website package, we're more than happy to kind of bring our expertise to it. Um, so we've been doing branding for them. We're building them a new website, and we're also developing a uh, an inbound marketing campaign. You know, for them, deals every deal is enormous. You know, like they're hundreds of thousands of dollars, right. um, if not more, and you know, but at the same time, they're they're based in this tiny little place that you know advertising is difficult because there's only really trade publications and that sort of thing. So inbound is perfect for them because there's definitely people looking for these services online, and you know the ability to answer questions and you know provide uh, um, assets that are going to be useful to their potential customers and where every deal is so large and generally takes such a long time to close you know anything that we can do to kind of help push people further down the funnel before their sales team gets a hold of it is going to be a win for them so so they've been a really interesting client and we've you know kind of been enjoying getting to know them and, and kind of get that off the ground it's uh, um, you know, it's not often that we get an opportunity to work with a manufacturer locally who is kind of seeing the value of inbound and really wanting to get involved in that. Right. What a niche. That's yeah, awesome. I know, eh? <laughs> For sure. The A. Love it. That's the first time that I've heard that on the podcast so far, Jeff. So good job. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, man. Good times. So let's let's flip things on the head then. And instead of a success... Can you walk us through an area that you're focused on for improvement right now, something that's a struggle for Kula Partners? Our biggest struggle, and I hear this from a lot of inbound agencies, so it's not going to be anything super new, but our largest struggle is for talent. Um, You know, we are lucky to live in an area of the world that is highly educated. We have eight universities right here in Halifax. Um, You know, we only have a population of 350,000, so it's kind of crazy. We're just like a big university town. Um, So we have a lot of very intelligent um, young marketers coming out of school. There's some, there's a couple of design schools and some comp sci and, and development programmers, but man, it, it's really hard to find people who, A, understand what we're trying to do, um, and B, are kind of looking to stay here in Nova Scotia. So what, you know, our real goal is to kind of build a, a fun little company that people enjoy working for and want to work for and as we've grown we've been lucky to get a bit more attention you know so people are kind of finding out about us and they're wanting to come and work here and they're you know kind of doing that but it's still you know we're we're looking for a an agile project manager right now and um you know we're, we're getting lots of applications but it's you know, finding the right people that, that are a fit with our kind of laid back culture and kind of results oriented, um, expectations is, uh, is a chore. It's difficult. Yeah. That is a struggle that I hear a lot talking with agency owners is just how do you get and then retain mm-hmm. the quality talent is both parts of that are very difficult. I know that you've, uh, talked about previously, um, kind of an internship program mm-hmm. because of the environment that you're in with the universities and stuff. How, has that been, uh, is that kind of the biggest um, pipeline for you or where do you find talent right now? 
we um we did do an internship thing. I don't know that it was as successful as we would have necessarily wanted it to be. I think there are some things we learned from that, and we really do need to give it another go. Um, most of our talent now comes from job sites that we post on or our own blog or you know kind of people sharing our our uh you know job postings on twitter and and such so really i i think you know we still follow a fairly traditional model in terms of recruiting you know um although we are using inbound a little bit with it we've set up some workflows for when people apply and, and all that so that's that's certainly helped kind of weed out the you know the the top candidates you know you can tell the ones who are coming back to the site and reading the blog posts and downloading some offers so they can get a real understanding or you know some of them are going out and getting their inbound certification before they come in to meet us so that you know all very positive kind of things but uh it, it's still you know the the biggest struggle we're going to have especially as we continue to grow is ensuring that we've got the right talent in the seeds for sure yeah it's it's something that we have gone through with guava box um and figuring out with doing about how do you get the right people uh in the on the bus and then in the right seats and and how do you keep them there yeah so well um that's something that i know a lot of people are working on solving that that problem figure out how to crack that nut and hopefully mm-hmm. hopefully i'm sure there's no magic bullet but uh but you know at some point we'll get there so yeah I, i'd agree with that and i think too we you know for for all the talk of of remote work and, and all of that we do still kind of tend to like you know just sort of being in a space together, collaborating, and and kind of working, we we've done the the remote thing a handful of times, and and it's been both successful and unsuccessful. So, you know, I I think uh, we're as we work towards more of a results only work environment, you know, we may be able to get um, a little further down the path of having remote workers. But right now, we like to have people here. Right. There, it is hard. Right now, we are set up, we're kind of a hybrid team where we've got two different offices, but we also have some folks who are working remote. And it is cha- the biggest hurdle is always communication. Mm-hmm. Um, just making sure that things don't, you just communicate about the things that, all the all the high priority things, that's not a problem to communicate about, but it's the low priority things that build over time that are challenging yes. to, to communicate about when you're remote. So. Yeah, and I mean, we've been putting the tools in place to really ensure that we, you know, everybody has all of the information they need at any given time, and our process has been being refined and refined and refined, and, you know, I think that will all help that people can work from anywhere, and lots of our folks do work from home, especially when they want to, you know, have a really solid day of, of uh, you know, getting things done, um, but uh, then they're back in the office the next day or what have you. Right. What is that? What are some of the tools and what does that process look like, Jeff? Yeah, so we we are an agile shop. Um, so I'm not sure how familiar you are with the kind of the tenets of agile project management. But right. um, we so we don't really follow a waterfall model. And we started implementing this um, about a year and a half ago. And it has, without a doubt, completely changed how we think about our business, how we run our business, and how we report on our business. So we don't sell billable hours. We sell what's called a story point. And a story point to a client is um, a unit of effort 
that is required to complete a task. So a blog post might be worth three story points or a uh, you know, top of funnel offer might be a dozen or, or whatever that happens to be. So it does a couple of things. Um, first of all, it gives a client the budget certainty that they want to have and that they're not going to get a call in the middle of a website build that we've um, used all the hours but are only half through the site. <laughs> so, you know, we kind of lock that down and give them a firm fixed quote based on the number of story points. Each one of those story points is allocated to a user story that is defined at the beginning of the project. So we have these scoping engagements that we start with on all of our projects and all of our retainers where we go through, we develop the strategy with a site map, the um, wireframes, uh, content audit, and inbound marketing strategy, and then these user stories, which defines every single piece of functionality in every page within the site and how it's going to function. And the client gets a full list of all of those, and they have to sign off on each one of them too. And each user story has a, a definition of what done looks like so they know what's going to be on that page so they understand how how that form's going to function or that solutions finder is going to function before we even start um and each one of those stories is assigned a number of points on a scale of uh, extra small to extra large so we try and kind of keep them in buckets and um then all of our team are given a set number of points to deliver that week as part of that weekly sprint. And that sprint is defined as, you know, 35 story points a week for each member of the of the um, design, development, and inbound marketing teams. And each one of those teams is evaluated on a weekly basis at, within their, um, their specific group and at our management meetings on Monday. And then we have a, a monthly stand-up with everybody in the office, and we kind of go through everybody's numbers and see how they're delivering. Now, internally, a story point is equi- effectively equivalent to an hour. So what we're looking at is seeing how efficient are people able to be and how many hours or, you know, are they delivering more than a story point in an hour? Are they only able to do one story point in an hour and a half? And as we kind of go through and, and watch their progression, we're able to see, you know, who needs help, um, who's really striping it, you know, where can we, you know, what do we need to do in order to help bring up certain members of the team who may have just kind of started with us or, or what have you. So it's a, a really interesting way of kind of structuring the business getting the work done and then reporting back on, on the progress of, of everybody within the shop. And, and we've um, seen some very dramatic increases in our efficiency and ability to deliver since implementing this and kind of going all agile. Um, basically, I think we kind of turned the switch on in October and really went all in in January. Wow. Thanks for bringing that down for us. So I've got a couple follow-ups. And the first one is, this is a hesitation I've heard from folks who specifically – the people who are in the in the boat where they've had a web design agency or they've done uh, development previously and now they're moving to a marketing agency or starting their own. Mm-hmm. And that is if I bring over the agile methodology, not a lot of customers seem to be familiar with that. So when I start breaking things down into story points um, or try and, try and get them to do a scoping engagement, how do you guys – uh, provide enough education to get folks to commit and kind of a, an attached question to that is is that scoping engagement a paid engagement 
Yes. So the scoping engagement is a paid engagement, um, and we do that first. And and one of the things that clients find a little bit hard about that is that they have budget certainty initially with what the scope is going to be, but they don't necessarily know what the full project is going to be. So we try and give them a ballpark based on our understanding from the sales process of, of what it is they're going to need and similar projects we've done. So, you know, we might say, all right, the scoping engagement is going to be this. And then we anticipate that the web build and kind of ramp up to inbound is going to be in this range, you know, and we give them that and we try and educate them on why this works. The other thing that we do too is if they want to, we give them them access uh, Jira and in there they can actually see all of the stories broken down with the number of points in the sprint, what the backlog is of, of things that we're thinking of working on later once the core elements of the uh, of the project are completed and they also get to see you know what does a typical month look like? You know, what are we going to be doing, you know, for the first quarter, the second quarter of the engagement, you know, and on and on down the road. The other thing that kind of helps clients to understand this and kind of buy in is that we have a bit of a process where we reduce the cost per story point based on the number that you buy. So if you do a larger retainer with us, you'll actually get more points for your dollar than if you do a smaller one. So it's a bit of an incentive to get clients to kind of sign up to a a higher retainer. Um, So those are the kinds of things that we do. Some of them don't care and you know we kind of tell them like look internally we're looking at this as a story point is equivalent to a billable hour but you'll never have to pay for more hours unless you ask for extra stuff um, and so they they tend to like that and they, they generally buy into it every once in a while there's somebody that says I don't like this idea I don't want to hear the word story point again just tell me how much I owe you and uh, when I have to give you approvals <laughs> and so that works nice. for us too yeah that's funny okay well that's um I think that helps and that's similar to – so for us, if someone comes to us and it's not specifically a website or sometimes the website's part of it, um, kind of the scoping engagement is replaced with the inbound marketing game plan, which mm-hmm. walks through some of that. Um, so I see some similarities there. And when we do a game plan, it's typically the same. Like it doesn't matter that much what your uh, – what the project is. I mean if it's a – you know, if we're looking at a $15,000 website and that's all somebody wants versus $100,000 retainer or something, there could be a difference. But usually the game plan is the same price. Is the scoping engagement, is that the same price kind of regardless of clients or does that vary based on the client? It can vary. We have three different levels, a small, medium, and large um, for each of these pieces. And that's just basically based on the complexity of, of what we anticipate the build's going to look like. So if you know, we have we have one client that we're working with right now that has more than twenty personas, you know, and so that's that's pretty huge. Right. You know? there, there's a lot of stuff going on. They weren't sure if they didn't have fifty uh, when we initially talked to wow. them. So you know, like obviously that's going to be more than the typical client who may only have three to five personas, you know, that they're selling to. So it, it really does kind of vary based on. Um, the size and scope of the overall client and what their needs are going to be. But it also helps to kind of frame up, you know, if you're, if you're looking at a, at a $15,000 scoping engagement, you know that the web build is not going to be 10 grand, you know, so. Right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. In those engagements, Jeff, and you don't have to answer this question if you're not comfortable sharing, but um, I think that folks would love to know kind of what are the price ranges on that. 
on those scoping engagements to first get people to commit. Um, are you comfortable sharing those numbers? Sure. So um, they, they kind of start out around seven grand um, and they go up to about 15. Okay. Gotcha. I think that's helpful for folks to know. One of the big hesitations. Um, so right now through do inbound, um, one of the things that's transformed our agency guava box is the inbound marketing game plan. So mm-hmm. one of the things that we recommend to other agencies who are using the do inbound software is like, let's look at what the equivalent for your agency of the inbound marketing game plan is. And there are so many agencies, especially early on, who are has, right now they're essentially giving away the bulk of this. They're spending a ton of time in sales processes mm-hmm. without a super high close rate. Yeah. Um, and so they're kind of missing out on the benefit of basically an exploratory project where we're getting to know each other, we're defining the scope, but the client's more invested because they're financially uh, invested in the process. Um, so that kind of helps. Not only do you get paid for part of the work that you're doing now for free, but it's also increasing. Hopefully, it's increasing your close rate significantly. For sure. And we haven't had anybody walk away after the uh, scoping engagement. You read my mind. You know? That's That was the question I was going to ask. So, you know, they, they've invested that time. But the other thing is they're getting some value out of it, too. Like, if and we explain this to them up front, like, look, if you're not happy working with us after we do this, you know, this $7,000 scoping engagement, you have a, you know, well thought out and professionally crafted information architecture. You've got wireframes that are built out in the tool of your choice, whether that's WordPress or COS or whatever it might happen to be, you know, that you can kind of click through and see all of that, those different pieces. You've got a content audit, uh, you know, an inbound marketing strategy and your personas. You want to take that to another inbound agency and give it to them and get them to build the site that we're quoting for a different price. Cool. You know, be our guest. It's going to have value to you whether you work with us or not. For sure. Yeah, that's something I think that's too many people want to jump right into the project and don't realize you could spend $5,000 now to make sure you get it right the first time or $10,000 now to get it right the first time. Or you could spend the $50,000 to build the site and then spend it again when you go to tear down what you've done when you figure out what works. Yep. No question. Yep. So you mentioned that you guys use Jira for um, for the project management in terms of uh, those the the projects that you're talking about. Are there any other tools, Jeff, that are a major part of your workflow, or some of your favorite tools that other agencies could benefit from using? Sure. So we use pretty much the whole Atlassian suite. So we use Jira, Confluence, Tempo for time tracking. Um, clients never see that, but we want to know kind of how our team is doing in terms of what they're putting in for hours. We use Bitbucket as a repository for checking files in and out of Git. Um, we use HipChat in the office as our kind of uh, internal chat channel, um, which also kind of ties into pull requests from bamboo um so we've got like our uh, our atlassian monthly bill is is higher than our <laughs> bill it's ridiculous but um the tools have they've revolutionized our, our company um so those are all like super important but the one i like the most is actually a custom app that our agile consultant built for us in heroku that actually pulls all of our team's numbers on a weekly, monthly, yearly basis and presents them to us so that we can quickly kind of see how each team member is doing, can drill down into, you know, what um, what user stories they've completed this week and uh, how many story points they were able to effectively ship. So it, this kind of focus for us on shipping has, has really kind of 
changed how efficient we are and how much better because we always sort of knew before that you know man we're you know everybody's working really hard and they're here all day and they're doing it but stuff may not be getting out the door and why you know what are we what are we doing wrong and now we know you know and now we know kind of all right well that project is a little off the rails because the client was late getting us feedback or you know we missed the boat on this and and you know that's our fault and we got to fix that so you know now we have like kind of up to the minute results of how everybody's doing how they're tracking against it and um you know that that little Heroku app really helps us kind of have a great dashboard with visibility into our numbers week over week um and then of course like the two other tools that I, I you know I can recommend them but you guys every other agency would have to go and do them is we have vinyl records in the office and we're spinning vinyl all day um, which is kind of fun everybody brings in their records from home and you know so we have uh, we have a good time kind of sharing music that way and uh, we're really 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 into espresso so <laughs> we've uh, we've significantly invested in coffee infrastructure um, we have a, a ridiculous machine that really doesn't even belong in a high-end restaurant. It's it's too much machine for that. But <laughs> wow! <laughs> yeah, the no, coffee game is strong. The coffee game is very strong. I, I can actually, from where I'm sitting in the boardroom right now, I can see people are kind of coming in and out and pulling shots and making cappuccinos and and stuff like that. And man, if you like coffee, this is the place to be. It's, honestly, I think it's the best coffee in Halifax. That is amazing. Well, you know that if for any reason. <laughs> The website of things goes downhill. You've got a backup plan. Yeah, I can always be a barista. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's awesome. So, okay, well, speaking of coffee, let's transition here then. And I want to know, one of the questions I like to ask is about what the what your morning routine looks like. Yeah. So as you're managing this team, just walk us through what the average morning, like what goes into starting your day off the right way. Sure. So um, my wife and I get up at 5 um, every morning. And uh, we work out. Uh, we have a setup in our basement with a treadmill, and I, I ride rollers every day. Um, try and do like 20 kilometers on the rollers every morning, and then some weights and stuff like that. And we'll just watch some silly show on Netflix while we're doing that. And uh, then make a smoothie, wake up my kids, and uh, head out the door. And I'm usually in the office by about 7 o'clock, 7.30 at the latest. Um, I do that so I can avoid any traffic. <laughs> and um, what I'll usually do then is, uh, you know, clean the espresso machine, make myself a coffee or two, and then kind of get down to whatever my tasks are for that day. Usually, you know, kind of what clients am I following up with right now? What presentations do I need to get ready for? You know, look at the numbers for the team and kind of see where we're going to go. But uh, really, that, that's kind of it. And I, I find that, you know, that, that exercise first thing in the morning is, is, a, is a really, really exceptionally useful thing. It, you know, it's some great time I get to spend alone with my wife. And, you know, it's, uh, it's a really awesome kickstart to the day. And then get here and, you know, start pounding back some espresso and getting some work done. <laughs> there it is, the magic formula. So the 5 a.m. wake-up time, is that a post having three kids routine or is that uh that's what you guys have done um i wish i could say that i've been doing it forever but um no we we kind of started this about two years ago and uh it's just really kind of i i think I, i've always been a cyclist and and uh you know i used to race mountain bikes and stuff like that but uh kind of lost sight of that for a while and you know became a little less healthy and a little too much beer and, and all that kind of thing and i really wanted to change that a couple of years ago so um just kind of 
got on that and you know once you make it a habit and you've done it for a few weeks it doesn't seem so hard anymore and uh you know it, it's something we we both look forward to every day there you go jeff i can tell you just candidly that um the best part of doing this podcast is definitely the conversations that i get to have and the lessons i get to learn from the folks who are farther down uh this journey than than i am right now and i've really appreciated what you've shared with us here today and just the transparency being willing to talk about the process, the tools that you guys use, what you're doing well, uh, areas that you're trying to improve. So I want to thank you for the time that you've spent with us here today. Um, and then also if you just want to leave us with the best place for folks to get in touch with you with any questions or if they've got uh, a, you know, a in-depth web project that isn't a good fit for them, sending that information your way. Uh, what's the best way for people to stay in touch with you? Uh, email always on. Um, yeah, it's uh, just Jeff at coolapartners.com and find me on the website. Awesome. Good stuff. Well, all of the links that you talked about here, Jeff, and the resources that you shared are going to be listed on the show notes, which are at doinbound.com slash podcast. And I appreciate your time here and uh, thanks for joining us. Well, thanks very much for having me, Gray. It's been a lot of fun, and it's been great to kind of learn about you guys and your agency as well, and look forward to meeting you at Inbound. This episode of Inbound Agency Journey is brought to you by Do Inbound, the world's first project and process management tool built specifically for inbound marketing agencies. If you want to learn how to manage, track, and scale your inbound agency with a pre-built and proven system, visit doinbound.com slash journey. Again, that's do inbound, all one word, dot com, forward slash journey. Now, back to the show. All right, great. Awesome chat with Jeff. And I want to just know, what is the biggest takeaway that you took from the conversation? There was a lot of nuggets there, but what stood out the most to you? Dimmer, you always ask me this. You always ask me for a single takeaway, but I've got two big ones. Um, so if I'm allowed to say both of them. No, Obviously. you know what? Uh, so the the two big things, I guess one of the one of the huge things that I really enjoyed learning from Jeff about was the way that they use story points and their engagement, kind of their discovery project at the beginning, similar to our game plan, but more focused on the website itself. Yeah. Um, so his willingness to just break that down and get real specific with how they align that out, how a story point correlates internally to an hour, but a client doesn't have to worry about how much time that's taking them to do it. Like it's a lot more clarity than an actual hour for a client. Um, that was, I guess if I had to take one thing away from this, that was, uh, I just really appreciated his willingness to share there. And that got me thinking a lot about, um, how we can continue to refine our process and structure at Guava box. And we've talked about going towards something more like a, like a point system. Um, and right now we aren't calling it points, but there's, you know, like here's like roughly what deliverables you're getting. Um, so anyways, that's a lot of rambling, but, but that stuck out to me. I really liked the system they had built there. I think it makes a lot of sense internally and externally. That's, I mean, that's the reason I love the inbound game plan so much is because it adds insane value to the client where they see 12 months in advance, what are we going to do with this agency? And it standardizes the onboarding processes and the follow-on processes there if you build a game plan then you build the engine then you do inbound campaigns 
the same structure and freedom that that brings an agency that we've seen at Guava Box. I think the point system and then the scoping engagements uh, that Jeff talked about, both of those different processes help in the same way and the point system specifically where if a client knows exactly what goes into things and they know exactly what they're paying for, I think that level of transparency is awesome. And I'm kind of not frustrated, but like there's there's project management out there and we talk to a lot of people as we're building Do Inbound about the tools that they use and all that kind of stuff. There's no system out there to really do this effectively. You can tell that Jeff and the team are from the web dev background because they're very ingrained in the tool set that they use, but I don't think that's that same tool set would really be a great fit for everyone. And so as we build out Do Inbound, part of our plan there is how can we allow agency owners to have the complete transparency into their own organization to know who's doing what and how how those things play into the retainers that they're selling. So it just got me really fired up, Gray, about what the platform could be and how we can be more efficient as agencies because I think that that is something that he's doing really, really well. Yeah, for sure. That's uh, It's definitely playing into our plan, like what what, what we've got going on at Guava Box, but also what the structure is going to look like at Do Imbalance. So that was helpful to learn from him. And the other huge thing that – um, that they're doing right now, we dug into a decent amount during the podcast episode, was um, the non-traditional content offers, I guess. or yes. the, They're using a lot of interactive calculators, um, those types of tools to convert, to convert um, users, visitors to leads and to continue that educational process. And some of the numbers that he shared there were awesome. Yeah, I love that idea. There's HubSpot does a really good job of it. We've, like you mentioned in the interview, we've toyed with it a little bit with a few different offers. I think I was at a, I spoke at the Hug meeting here in Pittsburgh yesterday, and that was one of the questions, where is inbound going to be five years from now? And this is one of the things that I brought up as I thought this is the future is, you know, ebooks are great. White papers are great. I don't know why people like downloading PDFs as much as they do because I hate reading PDFs, but it works. You know, people convert on those. But I think this is the direction where inbound is going, where you're going to have to integrate some of your solution into your offering. And I think the calculator is a great basic way to do that. I think uh, if we can ever come up with some way to do automated assessments and showcasing value there, or like you were talking about pricing, integrating that into there so that as a salesperson, you've got more details and the prospect has already engaged more. They've added and shared more information there. But just like a content offer adds value to a person's decision-making process in their educational journey, building tools that help them in the same way uh, coming to top of my mind is like site alerts that HubSpot gives out for free, uh, their marketing grader that they give out for free there. How can we as agencies invest in that same way in order to give people tools that help them do their jobs better? Yeah, this is coming out. This is somewhat unrelated, uh, but just because you said site alerts and marketing grader, did you see? Is it called salary salary grader? I think that HubSpot just uh, like literally just put out at the time that we're recording this. Um, I'll have to look up the URL for that and throw it in the show notes. But they're trying to help marketers know in your market, in your role, your position, your experience. How does this? How does what you're getting paid right now align with uh, what you would expect? from where you're at. And I think that HubSpot's just continuing. They've continued to push the envelope in this. They've had, obviously, the greater suite has been around for quite a while, and that's been a huge lead gen tool for them. But, yeah, this is definitely where things are going. The ebook itself, I think it's going to radically transform, even though there is a lot of content that people need to learn and understand. 
I think the rise in video and also the rise in maybe more interactive uh, pathway. So instead of having a PDF, having it all be in an interactive yeah. uh, web application, website, I think the very primitive forms are just going to be long scrolling pages, but I think it's going to continue to morph and, and grow from there. It could even get into, I think you could throw free courses into this genre as well. If you're an agency that doesn't have the web development capabilities that Jeff and the team do, and you don't really have the budget to go out and hire a freelancer to build some of these things, although there are some, you can get a freelancer to build you a calculator based off of an Excel spreadsheet pretty affordably now if you go to a freelancer site to look for that. But building a free course and getting people in there, this is one thing we've noticed through the podcast, Gray, is just audio and how how much faster folks can build an affinity and I guess author, like they recognize authority through audio a little bit differently than they do through written word. And I think through video is even another step further in that way, in that vein. But building a free course and having a free video course, even if it's only you know five or six lessons with two-minute videos, having that be your offer instead of just download this PDF and read – read this fine print, that is another engaging way that you can think of like non-traditional offers in that sense. Um, and it's just going to, it's going to get better and better. I was checking out the, uh, calc, the braces calculator that they had, that they had built out. And that thing is awesome on the functionality side. What's really cool is that 30%, I think he said of the people who use the calculator went on to set up an in-person or uh, set up a consultation. And so from a return on investment standpoint, that is freaking awesome. Yeah. That is, um, I think the calculators, the fact that it's tied right into the subsequent offer, you can do this uh, with with PDFs or your eBooks or whatever the content offers are. But um, that ROI, like that, obviously only benefits the business and continues to motivate them to continue to push the envelope and keep pushing forward there. So, I love that approach, uh, Andrew. Anything you, else you wanted to hit on here in this recap? Yes, the scoping engagement that Jeff does. The client pays for it. That is perfect. You're diving into an intense strategy building time there, similar to our inbound game plan process that we talk about inside of Do Inbound. You're building a 12-month roadmap for your clients. You're giving them the strategy that they're going to follow. In Jeff's case, he gives uh, wireframes and web assets and uh, sitemaps and stuff like that. Charge the client for that. And I thought the point that you brought up, Gray, where you said that you can pay, you know, five to seven thousand dollars now and make sure you get it right first, or you can pay, you know, fifteen to twenty thousand later if you have to go back and scrap things in order to make it right. I thought that was perfect. I'd never thought about illustrating it to the client in that way, but it makes total sense. Let's pay up front and make sure we do this right from the get go. Yeah, I think you definitely see that here in so in software there's the term technical debt and just as you continue to build up a code base over time, the mistakes that you made early on just get magnified as the scale increases because now it's not just we took a little shortcut here, but now everything else got built on top of this. And so to tear it out, it's been so woven in at this point, it's going to cost a significant amount to go in and tear it out and rebuild it with something that's more solid, that's less buggy, that's faster, whatever the problem is that you're trying to solve. And I think the same thing is true in our websites and we see so many people who've spent I spent two thousand dollars to hire a freelance WordPress developer and they built a nice looking site but there was no strategy behind it. It didn't do anything and we've run into this. We've come in and and fixed these messes in the past, uh, Andrew, where folks have hired even a more expensive agency but but not gotten the strategy right from the beginning. They jumped right into a web design 
didn't know what they were doing, and then you wind up having to tear it out and replace it if you're smart enough to tear it out and replace it. And some people just say, you know, they fall into the sunk cost fallacy and they just think, well, now I need to wait another two years before I redesign my website. When in reality, you're just continuing to cost yourself money. It would be better just to spend the money and fix it now. And all of those problems can be alleviated if you just spend more time getting it right on the front end. And and you can't overlook the fact that there's always going to be a strategy is not going to be 100% perfect because the future is unknown and the environment today isn't the environment three months, six months, nine months from now. But starting with a fundamental understanding of who are our users, what are their needs, and how do we build for them, that's going to be the foundation for much longer-lasting success. Amen to that, Gray. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Inbound Agency Journey. Hope you got a lot out of the value that Jeff shared. If you did get anything out of that, please reach out on Twitter and just say thank you to him. Uh, We'll have all that information included in the podcast recap blog post. So until next time, guys, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Inbound Agency Journey. You can find the show's notes for today's episode at doinbound.com slash podcast. Again, that's doinbound, all one word, dot com forward slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, head over to iTunes to subscribe or leave us a review of the show. Until next time, remember, life is a journey. Keep moving forward.